Let's get it, boys. Let's get it. Man, James Harden and Ben Simmons are introduced. What are the Nets going to do with Kyrie? And we have news and notes from around the league post-deadline. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me again. JJ, how you living, my friend? Every day is the 14th. Ask Andre 3K. There we go. John, how you living? Living great. What up, what up? Sammy, how you living, my friend? Doing well. I can't complain. I'm doing well, too. And first, we're going to go with some quick hit news. Goran Dragic is finally a free agent. He has a career average of 13.9 points, 4.8 assists, 3.1 rebounds, and one steal. He has been linked to sign with the Lakers and the Warriors. And, of course... It's interesting when you mention the Lakers because, man, do they need to shore up that point guard position? I don't know. And with his 19th point scored against the Warriors, the one and only LeBron James is now the NBA's all-time leading scorer, albeit with the regular season and the playoffs, with 44,150 points. Not long it's going to be before he actually beats Kareem, the captain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record of points scored in the regular season he'll probably do it next year barring any injuries so what an accomplishment for the king and he's obviously going to cement himself as one of the greatest if not the greatest of all time going to the eastern conference demar derozan has gone off in the last six games scoring at least 35 a game shooting at least 50 percent in every game and in most of those games over 60 percent the Bulls have now won four in a row, and this is with Ball still out, John's favorite player Caruso still out, Zach Levine's missed the last two games, so DeRozan becoming a dark horse MVP candidate and keeping the Bulls near the top of the East despite all the injuries. And we had Seth Curry and Andre Drummond making their debut with the Nets and breaking their losing streak, which was at 11. So Seth Curry, Scored 23 points, had 7 rebounds, and 5 assists. And ladies and gentlemen, those are kind of James Harden numbers, right? Meanwhile, Andre Drummond, who is considered, in my opinion, the best uh, backup center in the league, had 11 points, shot 4-4-7, and came down with 9 boards, with 4 assists, 2 steals, and 1 block shot. So it looks like the Nets got some good pickups from this trade fellas yeah they definitely got some good pickups from this trade but they still have a problem that is looming Kyrie Irving is eligible to play in zero of the Nets next four games only three of their next ten and only eight of the remaining games all season the Nets had lost like you said 11 in a row until beating the Kings yesterday or a couple days ago and they're very vulnerable right now. I mean, they're eighth, right, in, in the East. And they're going to be in the play-in at this. Like, if, if it ended today, they would be in the play-in. They might be out of the playoffs completely if they can't get things together quickly. What do you guys think of this news about how many games Kyrie has left? Well, look at their schedule for the games that Kyrie can play. It's no kickwalk, fellas. They play at Milwaukee. Kyrie has to go into Boston and try to beat them. Charlotte's no joke. 
Then they have to go to Philly, which will be super interesting. That's the game that we should all watch together via Zoom. Yeah. So and then Orlando. Hopefully they could beat Orlando, but those are like the trap games towards the end of the season that you just never know. Then they have to play at Memphis and Miami and Atlanta. So to me, even if they go 50%, it's it's a it looks like really tough for them to compete and right now their focus is to gel there are so many new pieces you have Ben Simmons you have Katie coming back from injury it's just really iffy to see if they could even make a strong push in the playoffs let alone win a championship I'm gonna go contrarian on this I think I think getting Curry and getting Drummond kind of fill the gaps of what they needed Curry's nice in that he's not a natural point guard, but he can step into that. Patty Mills is there already. Once Simmons gets started, he can obviously play point guard too. So I would hope and assume at this point in the season that the team understands what they're getting out of Kyrie in terms of the rest of the players and are able to adjust to it. I think once Durant gets back, the big question is, are they going to wait for Simmons to play until Durant gets back? so that Simmons doesn't have all of the spotlight on him. And if they do that and those guys can gel together, I actually think near the end of the year they they might go the way opposite of expected and start to go on a little bit of a run. So I'm going to go the other way. I, I, I For me, I think there's... I know there were reports of Kyrie Irving. He still hopes that New York will overturn the vaccine mandate. And that's tough because New York is well known as more of a liberal state like California. And I don't know if he can bank on that. But there is, I think, just, you know, not to get political or anything like that, but the news, at least mainstream media news, is kind of shifting in a direction that I think is, it seems like, at least to me, that there, there is a lot more restrictions that are not as strong as they were in previous months or even before that. So there might be a chance yeah, there might true. be a chance that that could happen. But again, I don't think that's something that the net should rely on. It's not something that the fans should be hopeful for just because it's, you know, you're just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping it happens. And it's tough to say. I mean, the playoffs are coming soon. It's already February, mid-February. The playoffs are going to start probably around 2 months from now. And the Nets, there's still plenty of time. There's 25 games. We're just about to hit the All-Star break. So there's a handful of games left, and the Nets really need to pick it up. Obviously, they need to incorporate Ben Simmons and some new pieces. But if they can get, you know, if they can kind of get hit their stride, get acclimated, then I think they can make some noise. But again, it's, it's a big what-if with Kyrie Irving. He is their second-best player, unquestionably. And... You can make some noise in the playoffs, but can you you can't win a championship without him being invested in the team. And the inconsistency is a huge problem for me. So I I, I don't like it for them right now. I think they're in trouble, but I wouldn't say it's dire situation at this point. So I don't know. I'm a I'm a little worried. Oh go ahead. I was Sam, gonna go say, ahead. so there's one important question none of us is asking. Is the new mayor of New York a Nets fan? 
as if he's a Nets fan. <laughs> then sometime around the end of April, that mandate might magically get lifted right before round one, that's, especially that's if they're true. playing against the Knicks or something like that. I'm just going to throw that out there and I'll kick it back to you, Ro. <laughs> <laughs> we, need to go, we need to go and do a deep dive on that guy. But the thing that makes me nervous is that like, KD needs to come back like now. He needs to come back soon. And the reason being is because are you going to trust this team right now without Kyrie, without KD, without Ben Simmons? You don't got a superstar. So how many games do you have to win to stay in this thing? And, you know, I'm kind of nervous for him. And especially with the rumors of, you know, Ben Simmons, he's healthy. He probably could play today. But it's going to take a while for Ben Simmons to get acclimated to that team because he's not like a plug-and-play kind of guy, right? It's going to take some time for him to learn everything. It makes me kind of nervous. Does it make you guys nervous too? No, because I'm not a Brooklyn Nets fan. But <laughs> if I was, yes, absolutely, I would be nervous. Because it's, you know, the uncertainty is a big thing. And they only have... I mean, Kyrie's not getting any younger. Durant's not getting any younger. He obviously has an injury history. I mean, you have, there are a lot of things that have to really work for a team. Every Year in and year out, you know, you kind of have to be a little lucky with injuries. You have to be fortunate with other teams and things like that. So it's it's not a shoe-in just because of you have talent. So you got to take advantage of it. So, yeah, I'd be nervous if I was a Nets fan for sure. Look at, look at Clay, man. Clay has been the Warriors system with Steve Kerr for almost a decade. He came back and he is still trying to find his place and his flow with the current roster. Great point. And it's the Warriors offense. They share the ball. And he's still trying to get into a groove. Ben Simmons has to learn how to play with KD, but he also has to learn how to play with Kyrie, who's a ball-dominant player with the provided time, which is very limited. No, definitely. I don't, yeah. My only, the thing is, well, I agree with that, but Clay hasn't played basketball for two years. So he's kind of like a, it's kind of like an anomaly, at least to me, right? That's a special case. I know Ben Simmons hasn't played for a long time, but it hasn't been two years. So I think it's going to be a little easier for him to acclimate into the system just because he hasn't missed as much basketball as Clay has competitively. That's true. I'll give you that. You know, the, the trade deadline already passed. And the Nets ended up trading uh, James Harden, right? Away to the 76ers. We're going to take a weird take on this. Do you think the Nets should have traded Kyrie Irving instead to keep them afloat, to have a superstar there? What do you guys think? In hindsight which is always 2020. I'm going to say no only because it's coming out more and more that Harden had completely checked out on them. And I guess the million dollar question then is would he have not done so if Kyrie wasn't there? And I guess we don't know the answer to that question, but it seems like the more that's coming out, Harden and Durant weren't functioning well together at all. And Harden wasn't functioning well with Irving when Irving did play, so maybe you I mean this would have been massive and this never would have happened but maybe you trade both and just leave Durant there in separate yeah. deals but mm -hmm. 
It just seems like Harden has to be in a system that caters to him and wasn't willing to adjust. Well, my only question for you, Sammy, is why did Harden leave Houston? He left because he didn't want that much responsibility anymore. He wanted uh, less pressure, or you will, or have more help. help. And how could you beat the Nets roster? You signed up for this. Right. And yeah, you know, and then all like, of a sudden your best player is out for six weeks, and that's like, okay, I gotta go. I don't know if he yeah. knows, but Joel Embiid is not exactly the picture of health. Uh, this is did you guys true. watch uh, James Harden's the conference to introduce him? Or I think it was like one of the pregame conferences, and they were just asking yeah. him. They said, or he said, that out of Houston when he got traded, that Philadelphia was actually his first choice. And I was a little skeptical. I don't know if I believe him. Do you guys? I don't. I don't believe that. that. No, I, way. I think I think cure, 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 uh, winning cures all, but losing magnifies the troubles. That's what I think. Like once it once Durant got hurt and they started losing, then Harden was just like, uh, oh. I mean, I was already like whatever about this whole situation. Now I have an excuse to leave. Right. And look what happened. Yeah. An- another reason why I bring up like. Why didn't they just trade Kyrie instead? It's also because Kyrie might not opt in next year. Mm. Which begs the question, is he going to be a Brooklyn Net next year? Or is he going to opt in and then get traded? Because, I mean, that situation in Brooklyn is just bound to explode. We're just sort of waiting. I know that he's hoping and praying that like something happens in New York where this thing is lifted and he can start playing every single game. But dude, how long do you gotta wait, right? That's a that's a nightmare situation, man. For both for both parties. Imagine if Kyrie doesn't resign, then the Nets are left in the dust with that cap space because you have more cap space if you sign if you resign players, correct? You can go over the so yeah. They you can't can go even, over the cap. You could go over the cap. Yeah. yeah. So, so they can't even sign and trade. And for Kyrie, it's kind of that question and what my mom has always raised me with, which is don't depend on others. Put yourself in a situation where you win. And Kyrie's gonna hope that hey, let's lift the vaccine mandate. <laughs> We've been in this dampened pandemic for two and a half years. They keep flip-flopping the mask and what we could do, what we can't do, what mask we could wear, what we can't wear. Ugh, I wouldn't depend on anybody. You only depend on yourself, especially in today's world. That's true. The only thing I'll say that gives the Nets leverage is right now, if you look at who has cap space over the summer, unless Kyrie loves the beautiful city of Detroit, there are not a lot of options out there. So... It's Detroit and a couple other teams. I think Orlando. It's teams that we don't expect to be competitive next year. So that being said, the choices are super limited. So that does help the Nets out. Unless he, if John, he wants to force his way out, then you could potentially what are, try to trade. What were the odds before this season that the Lakers and the Nets would be two teams that are spontaneously <laughs> combusting and imploding like a dying star? <laughs> Probably pretty low odds, I'm sure. 
Go, go, go ahead. I know what you want to say it. What, what's the the trade you want? It ain't happening. But go ahead. Westbrook. <laughs> well, John. Westbrook for Kyrie, and at this point, it's like subtraction. That was an option right now. Would you take it? Well, LA has a vaccine vaccine mandate as well, I believe. But not at the arena. The arena has its own particular oh, that's right. like that's ordinance right. or something, so he could theoretically yeah. play at the crypt. Yes, I would do that trade. But Durant would not. <laughs> he would over his dead body play with Westbrook again. I'm almost certain of that. Thunder versus Cavs 2.0. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, Kyrie Irving should have been taking advice from uh, JJ's mom or my auntie Dina. Because everything that she says is just complete gold. She's given me some great life advice and it's got me to where I am now. Anyway, hold up. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Mark Stein, he writes that there's a conspiracy theory already making the rounds in the league, basically saying that Daryl Morey will eventually hire Mike D'Antoni to take over for Doc Rivers over in Philly. What? What do you guys think of this news? First when? thing I'll say is... Oh, Sammy, stick up for your boy. Cool. Which ahead, one? Uh, I'm just, I'm so looking forward to Harden playing defense under Doc's switch everything and pick up everything system because that requires effort. And when when James doesn't like something, he, he don't put in the effort. We know that. He's admitted that, basically. Doc's system involves a lot of movement on defense. So, you don't think the allure and the discipline of Doc Rivers could whip James Harden into? Sorry, I can't even say that with a straight face. I can't. I can't <laughs> listen to that with a straight face. So, I've heard that take like at least five times on other pods, and I'm like, dude, are you serious? There's no wait, way. Wait, 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 wait. Why would Daryl Morey want to get rid of one of the 15 greatest coaches of all time? <laughs> Because he didn't make that list. I thought he did make the list. Pretty sure. No, no, no. Daryl didn't literally create that list. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. True. So this, okay, so this would be, this wouldn't be midseason, right? Until Unless the Sixers 
started just free falling from the record. Nah, it, it has to be off season. Right. There's, you yeah. can't make that adjustment this late. Yeah, the PR, the the storm PR wise, and the the perception would just be terrible for Maury. Um, so I'm assuming this would happen in the off season, which I could see if the Sixers don't live up to their standards, which at this point, after trading for Harden, is a championship, if we're being honest. That's the reason why they made the trade. So if they fall short of that, Mm -hmm. they're probably going to let Doc Rivers go. Now, if they win the Eastern Conference Finals, I could see them keeping it maybe one more year. But, I mean, conspiracy theory is, I think that's a stretch for Mark Stein to say that or for anybody to say that because it is kind of logical. I mean, I could totally, Doc Rivers has been there for what, how many years now, two? This is number two, yeah. This is the second year. So, yeah, yeah. and Daryl Morey loves Mike D'Antoni. Um, I know this is going to hurt. This is not something that Roe and JJ want to hear, but if Chris Paul didn't get injured that year, the Rockets probably beat the Warriors. Bruh. And James Harden probably has the title. Mm-hmm. Debatable. Debatable. I'm just saying, pro- that's why I say probably. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, so, yeah. They were well, looking I good. Mean, We'll see what happens, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen if the Sixers don't live up to their expectations this year. You know what? The first thing that I thought of when they dropped this news is, what does Embiid think about this? I mean, we had James Harden, who had rumors about how he didn't like how the Nets ran their offense. You get... Dan, uh, Dan Tony into the system with the GM that backs him up and Harden that means it's going to be whose team? Harden's team and Embiid's style which is what I said earlier in last week's pod is back to the basket and granted that James Harden has never had a superstar center Dwight Howard but Dwight Howard was an athletic big past his prime Embiid needs the ball in his hands and I think it's a hot take because I don't really hear this but I don't know if the duo of Harden and Embiid is going to bode well just because of their their styles of play is so different they're going to have to sacrifice and hey Harden Sammy said this last week he has had a history of teammates and not liking them how about Embiid Embiid will call you out in front of the media and then tweet about it afterward yeah while he's watching <laughs> yeah, dude, rick and absolutely. morty on his cell phone or whatever it was yeah. spongebob <laughs> something <laughs> this offense needs to flow through Embiid. if they adjust the offense and it runs through harden that's a second round out Embiid is the best player on this team there is no debate as far as i'm concerned i don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that but you might be the best player in the league right now exactly so if they overdo it or they cater to harden so much there would be well i'm not a philly fan so a hilarious irony to me if Embiid asked for out in a year or two because they're trying to cater to harden so bad but this this needs to stay through Embiid, and i do think for doc all of doc's faults and there are a lot of them he'll understand that and he'll try to take care of Harden's ego, but keep the team going through Embiid. Sorry, Sammy, but Embiid's not the best player. Danny Green is championship caliber Danny Green, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Laker legend. <laughs> you know, Daryl, I, I feel like you've been watching Daryl Morey. You, you've been watching Endgame too much, the Avengers. <laughs> like, the first time you went, 
you got you were defeated all your superheroes are all dejected they're all disbanded right and then all of a sudden you're just trying to bring them all back bring them all back together and like james harden is like thor he's gained like a whole bunch of weight he's out of shape and you're just hoping that he could just <laughs> charge just one more time dude to defeat everyone you know what i mean Daryl, it's not gonna happen, dude. Do not bring Mike D'Antoni just yet. Let Doc Rivers at least give this a shot, okay? And have things flow through Embiid, like everyone's saying. But moving on to the next topic here. It seems like KD and Harden were engaged in a Cold War for months. Basically, Durant was disappointed about the poor conditioning of Harden. There were like social gatherings in which there was like weird dynamics. Harden's poor conditioning didn't help slow his adjustment to the NBA's like new foul changes. This has been going on for several months that made everyone miserable, reportedly, by Jake Fisher from of Bleacher Report. What do you guys think of this news? I'm gonna let somebody else start, but I just want to make a quick comment. Jake Fisher's title of this headline with Cold War, with everything going on with Russia. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. Come I agree. on. Tone dead. Tone okay, dead. Go ahead. Hey, good. Yeah, that. that's... Yeah, good job. Nice. Uh, <laughs> this sounds accurate to me. Just, we saw the shape Harden came in this year. We saw the shape he came in last year in Houston. He clearly is not taking conditioning all that seriously. And Durant, for his own pettiness at times, does seem to come into camp every year ready to play. You guys would probably be able to comment on this better than I would for the, the years he played in Golden State, but it seems like he always came in ready to play. Like, you can tell that he's a basketball junkie and he's ready to go most of the time. Injuries are not. So, just based on what we've seen from Harden action-wise about wanting things to go through him and wanting to get out of situations he doesn't like, obviously some of this might be a little bit exaggerated, but I think most of it seems pretty spot on to me so i i'll buy this at face value but i definitely agree this, with john about the title that title i think this is the first piece of news that we've heard a rift between kd and harden right we've heard yeah. harden and Kyrie. does that surprise you guys that it's kd i mean it's it would be surprising just because Katie was the one that wanted Harden there and they have rapport from OKC. Which right. begs the question, like, you kind of knew what you signed up for, man. I'm really disappointed that Durant was called out here because he's supposed to be using his burner accounts to bash Howard indirectly. <laughs> so how could it be possible that Durant, that this news got leaked? I'm really disappointed, Durant. No, but in all seriousness, yeah, I, I believe it. I think Durant is, whatever, say whatever you will about him, that he, he brings it on the basketball court. And he looks like he comes in shape. He looks like he's ready to play. He's obviously was able to come back from serious injury and still right. put up the numbers that he's putting, which is unprecedented. Other than, I think, Dominic Wilkins, who tore his Achilles, who came back better. You can make a case that Durant is playing better than he did at least for right after, before he got injured, which is insane to me. So I take what he says with, you know, seriously. And I think we could all see from the naked eye that Harden wasn't exactly in game shape, right? 
that he looked like he could be, his condition could have been way better. He didn't look like he was in shape. And, you know, I, can, I totally understand and I believe it. So, Jun, I know you asked us three if the losing streak lies on Steve Nash. What I want to ask you now is does this situation between Katie and Harden, should that be on Nash? Man. Managing these personalities, setting expectations, because it seems like the expectations from Harden were not met. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to completely agree on that at least, that the expectations from Harden were not met. But I can't put... I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit of Steve Nash. Like, he needs to be that that Phil Jackson, you know, that gets in between, tries to get people to to be, you know, all copacetic, right, so to speak. But I think he probably got a lot of his coaching ways from Steve Kerr. And Steve Kerr kind of has, like, this hands-off sort of thing, like, let the superstars handle it. But the only difference is that Steve Kerr is relying on great dudes like Klay Thompson and, and Steph Curry to handle situations like that. Like, you know, Draymond Green, if he might act up or whatever. And Steve Nash is relying on KD. KD. <laughs> to resolve these issues. Like, you can't do that, right? Yeah, and, and so, I also think that's because Nash is he's so young. And he's kind of the player's coach, right? I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, I may be off, but I think he played with Durant, maybe when Durant was like a rookie, or even Harden. And maybe, I don't know about Kyrie, but I feel like Nash was maybe in the twilight of his career, the end of his career. And he may have played with these guys, but even then, if he didn't, he's still a young coach. And I think he's just, he's a little too buddy-buddy with these guys. He maybe needs, like, like you said, Phil Jackson or someone who's more who's wiser, older, and who could actually intervene and mediate and do things that aren't exactly buddy-buddy or comfortable. Yeah, completely agree. So you're saying Doc Rivers should have been the coach of Brooklyn. Got it. Okay. (laughs) I mean, he is a top 15 coach of all time, so yes, I agree. (laughs) I'm certainly going to take us to our our next topic here. James Harden and Ben Simmons are introduced in their new homes. We're going to take this one at a time here. We're going to start with James Harden. He states he's going back to his initial um, going back to his initial trade request from Houston that he always wanted Philly. Says he'll opt in to his player option for next year, calls Embiid the best big man in the league, and says Philly fans are the best in the league. <laughs> what did you guys think of James Harden's statements here? Well, he knows how to make news because he's on every single topic that we're discussing this episode. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. He, I think he was saying what he felt the media and the fans would want to hear as much as anything else. Um, especially, I think, John, I think it was you, you were commenting earlier about how he said he wanted Philly going back to before. Was that, that was one of you guys, I know, earlier yeah, in this episode. Me. I don't buy that either. I mean, I... I just think he's saying what people want to hear, and this was very, like, buddy-buddy and trying to show out. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out firing and doing what he did last year in Brooklyn, which was being the facilitator and trying to play team ball and all that for the first month or two just to keep everyone happy, whether it's in B, Doc, the fans, and all that. So 
maybe they can use that to their advantage for at least this year. But it just sounded like he was trying to say what he thought everyone would want to hear more than anything. I thought the other interesting thing that was noted during the press conference is that Philly is really locked on their draft picks now. Unless they modify protections, they can't trade any first-round picks until 2029, which is nuts. That's worse than the Lakers have a pick in 27, they can trade, the Clippers have a pick in 28, and those trades were considered everything. The Sixers top that now. This is it. This is their roster. So I think that's an important note that was asked during this as well of Daryl Morey that he commented on too. Yeah, I mean, what else would he say? It's like when you apply for a job or a job interview and they say they're looking for this type of person and you say exactly what they're asking for. Of course, what else? he's not going to say anything else. <laughs> just got traded to just Philly. Just all compliments. But right? I will say this. Embiid is not the best big in the league. That goes to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Or Joker. Yeah, or Joker. We're going to go to the most juicy one, Ben Simmons. He says that he's working on getting back to the floor no date yet, but starting to ramp it up. Says he was dealing with his own issues before the Atlanta series, and it wasn't about the fans, players, or coaches. Mental health was separate from the trade request, but acknowledges he couldn't get back to being himself in Philadelphia. He doesn't know why it got so bad there. Feels the team can be scary between him, KD, and Kyrie. What you guys think about what Ben Simmons is saying? Ben Simmons said the right things. I believe that the mental health issue as some people you know thought initially was just something as an he used it as an excuse to not play and we don't want to downplay mental health but that was reported that Ben Simmons just kind of pulled that out of nowhere so he wouldn't show up to camp so in this case I feel like it was a good PR move to say that he does have good mental health and even if, if big or not, a new new scene, new scenery could change your whole attitude. Yeah. And motivation. And motivation and attitude is where you know could propel you to go far in life in general. So he said the right things. Now it's all about action. Does does anyone think it's suspicious that now he's starting to ramp it up? Cause I heard nothing for like months that he hasn't been doing anything and now is ramping it up uh, he, ironic I think he was practicing well on his own he was practicing a little bit but oh, okay I, a little bit but nothing like this nothing like what he said so I I get where you're coming from but it's I think it's pretty clear that he wasn't gonna play in Philly at all this year so maybe his logic was okay trade deadlines coming up let me ramp it up a little in case I get dealt and if if I don't, then I'm just going to call it a season until the offseason and get myself ready again. So I'm assuming that was his logic. And just in regards to the fit and the mental health side, I don't know if you guys agree with this. It feels like maybe his ideal fit is as the third star where there's just a little bit less spotlight. Like just to compare, I think Chris Bosh in Miami where maybe he didn't get a ton of the credit, but he usually didn't get a of the blame either outside of maybe the first season there yeah maybe no, that's a better uh, fit yeah. for him definitely he yeah. doesn't have to he doesn't have to focus on scoring he could literally do everything else and they would be fine in the scoring department but i will say i'll leave it with this i don't know about you guys but i'm very excited 
about watching more practice videos of Ben Simmons hitting three threes in a row. <laughs> I can't wait. I was missing those videos, man. 24. Bleacher Report was coming. 24 hour fitness. Yeah, 24 hour fitness rec game. Bleacher yeah, Report was absolutely. sending videos every every other day of him hitting threes. Yeah, seriously. it You could almost predict it like every offseason. And anyway, that's actually all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you guys for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you. Had so much fun tonight. John, thanks for being on. Hey, have a great night. Thank you. And Sammy, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. You know what? Let me skip back a little bit. Sammy, why don't you talk about diagnosing the lines? Uh, sure. So we had a we had a what we thought was a solid same game parlay for Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, it banked on four different legs, one of the which was Joe Mixon having 10 yards or more receiving. And he had five catches, but they were only for a total of one yard. So, oh man. So we missed, but barely. But overall, we're still at five and two, which I'll take any day of the week. And in the next few weeks, we'll get back to basketball, look at maybe some playoff futures and some same game parlays on the basketball side. So we're going to be hitting that soon. Absolutely. And remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.